Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. April Collins. Hi there. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. Today we will be recapping the first two episodes of She-Ra Season 2, The Frozen Forest and Ties That Bind, which dropped along with the rest of the season on Friday. Warning. Please listen. Warning. All of us have seen <laughs> Season 2 in its entirety. We will be discussing these episodes and how they interact with the rest of the, se- of the season. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for everything in Season 2, but especially these two episodes. So, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to... Comp- Are there going to be spoilers in this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we're going to find it out. We just, we're having a disclosure. Spoiler so, alert. Yeah. Yeah. She-Ra is in this episode, you guys. What? She-Ra and Surprise. Whoa. Whoa. Sira. Okay. Sira. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, I just had to say it. I just had to say it. Wrong episodes, but I just had to say it. Um... <laughs> All right, you can find out more on the, about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on Spotify or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, guys, let's just start out. I just want to get your general thoughts on these two episodes. Did you like them? How did you feel when watching them? April, go. So I these episodes were... I feel bad for saying that they were just kind of okay for me. It's not that I didn't enjoy them. I just like for the first two episodes of, or even just like the first episode of a brand new season, I thought I would get like so much more. And it was just very like, like I felt like I was watching miraculous ladybug. If anyone else is familiar with that, or if that's a good reference, like the first season where every episode was like the same and like nothing changes. And like, you can watch the first episode and the last episode right next to each other. And they're like, there's not any difference in between. You would never realize it. So it kind of felt that way. That being said, I thought that there were some great sort of like one liners and like, I, I won't lie. Like the first, Hey, Adora, like totally got me. And I was like, yes, like, and then, uh, and then even like the hey catcher back like I was all into in for that um but no they were good and just like I don't know I just thought I would get more out of them but I I enjoyed them gotcha gotcha Alex how about you I'm I'm half on April side because I do think frozen forest falls into that category of like well you could insert this anywhere it like obviously we need to set up the princess alliance in season one but like now that that's been set up i feel like you could put this pretty much anywhere in the rest of the show but like it's fun it has its moments and so like it's certainly not a bad episode by any means now i will say i really enjoyed ties that bind i think that that actually has an argument for being one of the better episodes of the season uh one of the best episodes of the season even maybe it's because i love entrapta and i love glimmer and like that episode had a lot of them and it had a a lot of emotional moments that uh, I, I I wasn't expecting going into like that kind of setup, and even the the Adora Swiftwind stuff like it it 
it's a it's the weaker part of that episode but like i do think that at the end like it gets to a place where like we dig into Adora's character in a way that we'll probably we'll dig into later in the season as well but uh, like here it feels like a nice uh, it feels like a, a meaningful climax so i think that t- ties that bind is like a good example of like what Shira does well in terms of like amping up the angst when like this, this stuff goes wrong and like digging into characters anxieties like the ties that bind does that really well the frozen forest is like you know more like the fun action stuff and we do get those moments that, to a lesser extent so i think that's fine but like the ties that bind i think is an episode that stands out to me gotcha gotcha michelle what about you where do you fall I- I I liked both of these episodes. I mean, uh, this is great. I love that like, one again, like, I, this order. Yeah. I love that one in the order. I was yeah, like, yes. increasing hype as yeah. you go, right? <laughs> it's like you knew. Um, but I so because both, both of these are very character focused episodes, and like for me, seeing all the other like princesses fleshed out a little more, seeing them work together as a team, getting stuff with Frosta and Glimmer, such like a nice surprise. But like, I love that we have that. Like, the only thing I wasn't crazy about was in episode two with Swiftwind being, like, kind of really obnoxious, which I did not expect him to be so prominent this season, for one thing. Like, he's part of the council. Like, what the heck? I mean, you say prominent, but, like, he's He's old. This is his his episode, and after that, he kind of disappears. Again. I feel like he, like, goes on more adventures. adventures. I'm like, why are you here? But I guess, like, she reads. But, like, even that, like, I agree with that. Like, I was more high on episode two just because, like, there's a lot of glimmer stuff. We get into Catcher's anxieties. Like, there's more Scorpia. And just, like, honestly, I enjoy seeing the bad, quote-unquote, bad guys as much as the good guys. Like, I love how much we get to switch back and forth between them being in the Horde and seeing the rest of the Rebels. So, I was super... I, I, I feel like this... It felt a little like season one, but like a revamped, more like dug into season one. And I'm like super for that. And I feel like that's a good place to lead off of because we are kind of like recapping essentially like, all right, so some time has passed and now there's some new tech bots and everyone's working more together. Like, I appreciate that because like for continuity in the story, it makes sense that we kind of have to touch base on this again before we went on like more separate adventures. So I really like them both. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I don't know where I fall. I don't know if I fall more with Alex or, or with April, but I, I'm not as hyped about these two episodes either. Um, I will say, I think, I think part of the reason is because, and, and for anyone who was in the speculation podcast, you experienced this with me. We, I, I had to watch these clips for, for, from WonderCon. And a lot of them were, one of them was mainly from the first episode. And I feel like, just having watched those clips, I got the essence of the episode. Does that make sense? I just was, I just was like, oh, okay, that's kind of like whenever a trailer gives away the entire movie kind of situation. And I'd rather they give away the first episode than the re- than the rest of the season. So I'm like, I, I, I understand fair. why, but I do think I didn't. I, if I had just gone by those scenes, I was fine. And I also have issues with the bots, but that's we'll get into that. And same with episode two. I was like, well, I, I, I appreciate the character moments. I agree that there there is a lot there to dive into in terms of character and what that and what we learn about these characters and where they are at mentally. But also we have Swift Swift Wind, which is worse. I don't know. I'm like I like Fair. the other ones, yeah. it, there wasn't anything particularly bad of episode one. There wasn't anything bad. Well, except for the bots, but 
But like I would take faceless bots to obnoxious swift wind any day. <laughs> I have a higher <laughs> negative reaction to swift wind. I'm sorry, swift wind. I, I am. I just okay. So, but let's go into episode one. Let's talk about the frozen forest. So we start out with these horde bots that are attacking the woods, making it impossible for the princesses to heal the defor- defrosting forest. Catra is using these bots as a diversion tactic so the horde can advance elsewhere. And we see, as mentioned, that the princesses are struggling to work together as a team. And we see some really interesting team dynamics. We see Frosta and Glimmer. We have this reintroduction of Frosta because before she wasn't really a character. Now we get this introduction of her personality, which is really interesting. We get Perfume mm-hmm. and Mermista hanging out and doing stuff. And we also have Bo acting as this tech, the tech guy of the group so i was just interested in what you guys think of these dynamics like what stood out to you from whether it was frosta whether it was marissa whether there was everyone like tell me what did you like best about this team dynamic um Uh, um, i was gonna say i i like that it seems that i guess like almost everyone is on the same page i guess like it's kind of nice to see them all going out as a group versus like doing a lot of i mean it would make sense for like Glimmer and Adora and Bo to like sort of go out on a, their own like separately. Um, but I like seeing the whole group together. Uh, that being said, I think that Frosta was a little too much. And I think they played too much into the fact that she is like a lot younger in theory to compared to all of them. And I think that was, like, a little bit of a disappointment to me because whenever we're first introduced to her, like, she is such a strong, like, character, even for as young as she is. And then, like, we get to this episode, and I think this is probably where, like, my issue with the episode lies, is that she's acting so childish. And I was like, wow, what happened to that very strong, like, young lady before? And now we have, like this child that's just doing whatever she wants and not listening. And, like, I understand that she's also, like, I guess, queen, are like I guess queen princess of her kingdom and so she and she's been in that position for a long time and so it's probably hard for her to like have to take command from other people but like I was just like Mm -hmm. wow you're really over the top right now like and then I also didn't I guess like I give Glimmer like more credit too because I was like oh like I expect her to sort of handle this better and then she kind of blew up and I was like oh come on Glimmer like you're better than this, and I know that. So, but I love Perfume and Mermista. I think they go along great together. <laughs> Much to Mermista's like sugar. In- <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. also nice because they use their powers like in conjunction with each other too. So that seems to sort of like flow naturally for them, and I like that part. Like with all of the members. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes, Alex. Um, I-, I want to stand up for Frosta and Glimmer because I I, I agree that Frosta it-, it maybe takes too much of a turn into the into the childishness uh, and like you know just being very hyperactive through most of the episode. But for me, it gets saved with that ending conversation. It, like it, instead of like t- twisting it to like just the childish behavior, it's more of like, well, I want I want to be your friend. I want to know how to help, and I've never been in this kind of a situation where I'm around other people. I, like she just like she uses the words, "I've never had friends before, man," and like that's mm-hmm. something that it's like it's very 
very relatable in that way of like when you're in a in a social situation, like you you see people being very active around you. It's like, oh, oh, I got to be active too. I got to like contribute somehow. But like sometimes in in that process, you go over the line and you are maybe like become more. You become too aware of what you're doing to like take into account the boundaries of the other of the other people in your group. And so like that that conversation felt very mature to me. And like Glimmer then like being like, well, I also had to learn how to be a good friend. That was a process for me. And you also remind me of me in terms of like being dangerous. And we've seen from other episodes that Glimmer is still like that, like especially in episode two, like we see that she like <laughs> lets her emotions t- take control of her sometimes this even still. So like, that's always a process. And like Glimmer now that the, the, the sister slash mentor relationship that this episode is setting up between Frosta and Glimmer, it like at least as like a foundation, it felt very, very real and very earned to me. Now it's, it's a little hurt by the fact that like in the rest of the season, we don't really see them interact again. Right. It's about, uh, yeah. uh, at the same time, we know that like it's a half season. So like, it's possible that that will be touched in the next batch, but like it, it I, I, I wish there was more Frost and Glimmer to build on what what this episode ended at because uh, it, de- it it definitely feels like the setup for more interaction in future episodes that we just didn't get so far. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There is there is definitely uh you definitely feel the the very sharp cutting in half of the season with like yeah. the, the things that are established. Yeah. Michelle, tell me, what do you what about you? What stood out to you this new team dynamic? I mean, I I also agree with all the Frosta Glimmer stuff. I mean, and it, for me, I think it's well, also who do you kind agree of, with? With April or with Alex? <laughs> These are very different things. I mean, I agree. I agree mostly with Alex. I mean, I think the the Adela, like, yeah, I I buy that Frosta. She she's fine at being kind of like a stern, mature queen when she's on her own little slice of the world and has to be has to be that mature but when she's like suddenly on this team where she's actually the youngest I think like that allows a lot more of her and not in a bad way but just like immaturity come out and the like honestly like I was the youngest child I haven't dealt with a lot of kids who were younger than me but glimmer kind of like trying to navigate how to like not be super mean but also try to get away from this really excited person who's younger than her like man i felt for her like i don't know how i would deal with that either gotcha yeah yeah i for me it was it was I didn't have that much of a problem with Frosta. I just wish instead of like an eleven, she was a ten. Does that you know? I, maybe that, maybe just then. still excited, yeah. still the same thing. Just well, slightly. I agree, like, yeah, and I agree with Alex too that like that moment at the end is very nice and very mature. But then again, like probably like what hurts it too is that because later on in the season we don't build off of that at all. Right. Like and it, especially because like I'm coming off of like no joke like my third time watching through these episodes so <laughs> but like so so many ice puns to do go through oh my god yeah you're not wrong <laughs> but like but that's i think that's the thing that like as like as i as i watched it you know like again and then maybe even once more i was just like wow like this would have been so much better if i had had like if there had been more payoff to it yeah. If that makes sense. Not totally. that I'm not like, ups- I mean, upset with it. It's just that I just wish that like, if we were going to spend the time on something that there would be more of it later, Yeah. especially like when we're only like, we only got half a season. Yeah. So I feel yeah, like I- if you're going to spend time on something, like make it worth it. Yeah. And I mean, that's no fault of like 
the show, the yeah. crew, because that that's more on just how Netflix and DreamWorks decide to distribute the show. Um, so that's just kind of <laughs> it's like it's a criticism, but it's also like it's something we can't. There's no way to fix because I feel like ideally they'd want the entire season out, not yeah. have it split in half. Um, but yeah, what about Bo? Bo, we have like have oh. has takes takes up this new like role as the tech guy, and we didn't really see that yeah. in the first. I think I think it was mentioned slightly in the first season. We talked about it a little bit in the reaction podcast. But what do you guys think of like Bo taking this on? Were you surprised? Because I certainly was. I didn't remember that he had shown interest in tech. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't I, remember. Being super like in fact, I like infatuated is going to be the word that I use. It's probably not correct, <laughs> but like. Like, like he was just like fangirling out whenever he met Entrapta and mm-hmm. everything like that. And oh, so, that's like, true. And yeah. so then, like, whenever like they brought it up, I was just like, oh wow, like that's perfect for him because he already had like an expressed interest in it and everything like that. And so I thought that was like, I, I thought it was very nice for him, like that he was gonna you know explore something that he like has been wanting to do. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's an extension of like him being finding his place as like the tactician of the group. Like Gl- Glimmer and Adora have the power, and so he he's left to be like the person who deals with strategy and with the, in this case like technology. Um, uh, that that moment where Adora where like uh, he gets frustrated, like I'm supposed to be the tech guy and I'm not like helping here. But then Adora comes to comfort him. It's like no, like you're the one who actually thought of a plan. We were just gonna keep fighting no matter what. Yeah. You, you stepped in to like give us an alternative and like that that deserves praise and i really enjoyed that moment like you get you know like uh, not not just like accepting that like he is in that role but also like recognizing it out loud and like giving him the needed support he that he deserves in 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 that position so like i i think that Bo being tech guy is something that does get ch- touched upon a couple more times in this season as well as in previous seasons so it just feels like an et- like an extra thing to build on that side of his character. Gotcha. Gotcha. Michelle, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I mean, Alex just covered it. So, like, gotcha. it's a double whammy, right? Like, he he's tech guy, but also he's a strategist, which they desperately need because they need somebody who's able to think more big picture than, like, what's the immediate problem happening right now? But right. being able to, like, actually make connections and be like, oh, but if we, like, do this thing, then, like, this other thing can't happen. That's Those are both pretty important roles, and I feel like Bo fills those shoes for both those roles really, really well. So I, I appreciate April saying like that you'd remembered like that he was fangirling about April. I mean, about, <laughs> about <laughs> I mean, I would fangirl over me too. Trapped <laughs> 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 in the first season, and he did like he made those like sonic arrows. Like he has yeah. all these trick arrows, and I'm inclined to think he probably made those himself. Right? Yeah. Like those yeah. were a tool that he developed. So yeah, it makes total sense that his role would be expanded. Plus, like now that Entrapped is firmly on the Horde side, they need somebody on their side who's, I mean, like, maybe not, like, equivalent, but at least can, like, figure out some things. Right. To, competent yeah, enough. Yeah, competent enough to be, like, their tech person on their side. So, I really like it. I think it, it gives Bo a lot to do, which, like, again, is a joy to see, because he's he's a very charming character. Yeah, he is. I love Bo. Um, <laughs> okay, well, speaking of, like, tech, we do get well, I'm going to use that to transition into Light Hope because while this is happening, we get Adora training with Light Hope and she it's a very interesting kind of sequence because we get a lot of things. One, we get Light Hope actually as a character who is very funny. Um, <laughs> she has buttons, too. She understands Adora totally. <laughs> um, she, we also get Adora admitting herself that 
Katra's in her head. Like she she's aware of the influence Katra has on her. Um, and because Katra's included in the simulation, she's like, why did you have to make her so mean? And it's like, well, she is mean. So it's like, okay. Um, and she's struggling to control the sword. She's struggling to control her power. She's still, we learn here that it's been a month, that she's been training for a month with Light Hope and she hasn't really been improving. She's been struggling. Um, and we kind of are starting to get the hints of that Adora is bottling up a lot of anxiety, a lot of emotions about just how much pressure she's under as She-Ra. So I was just interested, curious to see, like, what what did you guys think of kind of, at least, is this, is this something? Because we do see throughout the episodes and throughout the rest of throughout the rest of these batch of episodes, we do see them start touching upon like Adora being stressed and then being reassured by everybody that she it's okay that we're together. Do you think this is something that's going to continue on to the rest of the episode, to the rest of this batch of like her struggling to? handle this pressure or are we actually going or do you think it's like we've covered enough with this batch or do you still want to see more of her kind of just not handling the Shira title that well well we already kind of saw her I guess um I guess dealing with it I don't know if that's the right word um but like dealing with it in season one like handling the pressures of the Shira and her sort of like deal I guess taking on that stress and so I it sounds terrible to be like oh I'm really happy this character is suffering but I'm glad that it's carried (laughs) over because it was never really resolved in the first season either and so to see it sort of carried on um into this season is I guess nice like that we didn't just abandon that part of her character like and that we're like it's it still makes her extremely relatable too which is probably like a, a like a good reason to have it is because like you know like who knows how they would handle like being in that situation and so it it makes obvious sense that like she's stressed about taking on the role but then like dealing with like her relationship with Katra and everything else that's going on like that's a lot so i i don't think that it'll probably like i i think we'll still continue to see it um but I think in the end, like, it's just going to make her that much better of, of you know, as She-Ra and then as Adora herself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Alex, Michelle. Um, I'll say that the, the, the first season, it kind of focused more on Adora's feeling of inadequacy in the role. Like, I, I, I'm not doing as much as I could be doing. But, like, this season is kind of shifting it more to, like, what happens if, I use the powers incorrectly and uh, mm. uh, in in this mm-hmm. in this episode specifically like Light Hope is saying like you have to learn to master your emotions or you're destined to repeat the mistakes of the last She-Ra Mara and we like keep hitting that thing in, in this episode and in the next episode and in the rest of the season of like she has these emotional connections to her friends and her, her biggest thing at this point is just to not hurt them but like she feels that anxiety of well if I'm you, if I use my powers wrong, I'm going to end up hurting them, and that's something that I am afraid that I, I could very easily end up doing. And so that the, I, I don't think that that's resolved in the, in this batch of episodes, and it's something that we still need to work into. Obviously, we have moments like episode uh, four, I think, where like uh, she like lets it all out in in the group, and then the group is like there to comfort her and like let her know that they're they're behind her. But like that's still something that she needs to work out internally as well her anxiety her her feeling that she may end up hurting people in the future or just repeating the cycle that light hope has told her has has happened the last time that a she-ra existed 
Do you guys think that we 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 have yet to see Adora fear the powers? Because that's what it is. She's scared mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of of she's scared of what she can do. And part of me is thinking, okay, this inability to get the sword to do what she wants, I feel like they could have really grappled in on having her be scared of that. And have her I I, I don't know. I feel like in, even though we do get, we admit, we get, it's very obvious that she is struggling and she's very anxious about this, about these things and about not wanting to be Mara and not making the same mistakes. I feel like we, there's just this element of this anxiety, this fear element that we haven't really touched upon. Do you think that's something that we should touch upon? Do you think, or do you think like that she doesn't necessarily fear herself? It's more just, it's less a fear and more just stress. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it could be both. I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel like the episode, especially the second one, has really pushed more the stress angle of like, oh, I have all this responsibility. It's all on me. And also, like, I have this really firm example, Mara, now of what I don't want to do. So it's not just that I have to be a good Shira. I can really not be a bad Shira because that's already happened and it was terrible. But I I think it actually would be really interesting to push more on the fear angle because, like, it is a lot of power. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's also like a lot of like actual, like, I mean, like, I don't want to say magic. Cause like, I know like Bowie was saying like, well, magic and science aren't that different. I don't know what to call exactly Shira's power, <laughs> probably more magic than science, but it could be both. But like that in itself is like kind of really scary. And you'd think that that would be kind of a thing that would change her, her sense of herself at least. But yeah, I don't think the show is really explored that too much i like am so, so sketched out by everything we've been told about mara though from light hope like right. i i mm-hmm. feel like we cannot trust anything light hope like besides light hope has anyone said anything about mara because yeah, um, like what's her name um she's Rash, yeah. Rash. She and she was Rash very say? positive about him. She was right. like, "You look yeah. just like Mara." Like, and she, she thinks like, she's Mara. Mara, and she probably worked with her. Yeah, yes. like that's the thing. Like, like this issue of like the unreliable narrator. I feel like there's a lot. Like Pope isn't telling her, right. and all she's focused on is getting her to be, you know, the strongest, most capable version of Shira that she the hologram envisions but like the fact that she's rebuilding this light tower and light hope even says like oh yeah it used to be really easy for me to have more power until mara went crazy and destroyed it it's like i feel like there's more to the story maybe you were doing something sketchy and she had to dismantle it for like the better good of everyone like i legit think that's a possibility like there's a reason why she did it maybe maybe light hope was just driving her crazy and so she's like i can't like (laughs) <laughs> this can't be a thing anymore. Like, I don't want this for myself. I don't want this yeah. for anyone. So she or just Mara, destroys. Like, found out something about the plan of Shira, maybe, or like the plan of the first ones. And she's like, yo, that's terrible. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And Light Hope was like, oh, like, you're turning against us. You must be crazy and evil. Well, that's how you're going to be remembered now. Me out. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. I feel so, like, I'm the more, the more we get into this stuff, the more I'm like, I want adored find out everything because obviously there's more sides to the story it's well, you, complicated than that 
And, and that's the thing, right? With with Light Hope, that like in the last season, like at, at least she she gives off kind of a villainy vibe because the 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 thing that she's instilling in Adora is cut off your connections with these people. Exactly. Like you need yeah. to focus on saving the planet, not people specifically. Cutting off emotional connections, and that's just kind of the opposite of where Adora is right now. And but uh, and if if it continues that way, you you wonder like is that a situation where like Mara was in a similar situation where she had connections that superseded her res- quote responsibilities to the first ones, and that caused conflict. And that's why Life Hope in this in this episode is focusing on that, like master your emotions, like you got to take down Catra, like you got to like cut off that part that part from you. Yeah, stop so, like, caring about people. Caring about people's the weakness. Uh-huh. You do that, be a good Shira. Mm-hmm. What if she's no, like she's using like these training sessions to like. I guess unbeknownst to Adora, like cut her ties with like the people that she cares most about. Like, I mean, because she's just like, oh, well, you have to like make sure you can take out Catra. Like, when is at one point in her training is Light Hope going to be like, okay, well, like, what are you going to do if Glimmer turns on you? Like, that would be terrible. <laughs> so, so you mean to tell? I wonder me. what Light Hope would say. So yeah. you mean to tell me <laughs> that the character named Light. Hope is going to be evil. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, what the twist? <laughs> I'm just Shadow saying, Shadow Weaver's original you, name was, was Light, Light Spinner. Spinner. But then so when like... she went full bad, she switched to Shadow Weaver. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, so like Light's names... not a safety. Oh, no. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. No one is, is not safe, safe, okay? No one's well, safe. Well, what, no what one's safe. Well, to be fair, we only know her name is Light Hope because she introduces herself with Light Hope. What if, like, yeah. we find somebody else who knows her? It's like, nah, her name is Dark Despair. <laughs> I mean, that's fair because, like, you know, the you know they were in uh, they were like, yo, you were called the Evil Horde, and then Adora was like, wait, who causes the Evil Horde? So that's fair. That's been that's happened before. Um, okay, well, moving on from that, we also get. Uh, from the from the horde side, we get Catra and the horde sending upgraded bots, Emily's kid sister, to uh, the first one to get first one tech because they've run out of it. So she decides to send them to the beacon to go get stuff. And Entrapta describes these bots as quote they have have enough power to rival a princess unquote. Is that that's not true? That is not true. They didn't. That was not challenging. This is this is my biggest issue with this episode is. These bots are just faceless, like, animosity. These are faceless challenges that have no real, uh, like, invest... I have no real investment in. These fights have, like, for me, are, like, have no worth in terms of emotional investment. They're just... It's boring. I thought it was boring. It had no stakes. And I'm just curious, like, how... One, do you guys agree? And two, like, what else could they have done to make this... To make... To actually make me care about this, this, like, little skirmish in the forest because i mm-hmm. i don't know i was just like what there's nothing really challenging at least with for instance when we get the whole things with light hope when we get these interactions with the princesses it it there is something there because we're learning more about these characters and stuff and i guess maybe that's what we're getting from these bots is 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 a vehicle so that these characters can interact and get better at their dynamic but at the same time i thought couldn't there have been a better way maybe throw in Lonnie and Kyle and had them go on like an, a, on a on a on a mission and maybe then we not only do we get to know about these characters that we don't get that much about but then we have some sort of emotional connection to both sides and interactions that are happening not just this kind of crazy one-sided fight against what is a a glorified wall of metal 
We, we gotta we gotta save Kyle for point, the season right? finale. Yeah, yeah, Kyle and Lonnie, I would honestly like to know more about them. But I think maybe part of the issue is like, so like you got what like twenty five minutes per That's episode. True. You can only flesh out and devote time to so many characters well. And I feel like they picked a side and they decided we're mostly going to focus on this handful. Yeah, especially like for the first episode of the season, too. Like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to. I mean, like, Kyle and Lonnie were already introduced, but it doesn't make sense in the first episode of the season to like focus on them anymore. And I really do like as like, I guess as terrible as it is, like it, it, they, I really do think that like the bots were just a vehicle so that the princesses could one, not like just to like demonstrate that they're more than capable of taking out whatever and trapped throws at them. But also mm-hmm. like, like, I think that's the other thing, too. Like, they sort of really underestimated, like, all of the princesses by sending out four of those bots. They were just like, yeah, like, one bot for each princess, and it can absolutely take out one. And it's like, okay, you're only thinking in, like, terms of one princess. Like, they're a group. And so I think that only further establishes that they're a united front versus, like, you know, this princess is over here, and then that princess is over there. Like, you have... You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, solidifying them as a unified group and a unified front against the Horde and whatever it is that they could potentially throw at them. I guess. I think, I think for me, the biggest, like, insult is, I guess is the proper word, is that you had Scorpia and Trapta and Ketra on a couch watching this happen. <laughs> I love that. And, yeah, and that was I guess yeah, was I was, I maybe I would have rather, if they were going to have them... I would have rather instead using that scene to have some sort of inner I I felt like they could have done something better or done something more with that scene where maybe like Ketra while maybe Adora almost gets hurt and then Ketra like kind of freaks out a little bit if we're gonna go that way or or maybe it's like a thing with Entrapta where Entrapta sees these princesses almost get hurt and then she kind of freaks out a little bit and I'm like well is that something that maybe a little tidbit of what maybe is to come I just think they could have done something more to give a little bit more substance from the Horde side of things because at at this point it was just yeah we'll just throw up we'll just give them robots while we take over the rest of the, the planet and i'm just like well show me the rest of the planet then while you instead of just showing me you guys sitting on the couch is just m- my uh opinion because mm-hmm. if you're gonna animate this i'd want i'd want you to animate you know it's tedious i want you to do things not just have them in I a very stationary position i think the other thing too is that what this episode does um like It kind of makes sense that, I guess, that they're going to be sitting on the couch. And I I understand, like, that's super frustrating because you want them to be out there and interacting with each other. But I think what's nice about, like, the end of the episode is that, one, like, we sort of get a little bit more into, like, what's going on with, like, Catra's side of the story, like, by her visiting Shadow Weaver and, like, her prison cell and all Mm -hmm. of that. And so that sort of, like, helps set that up. But then also, like, when you go into episode two, like, that's when we get a whole lot more of, like, the character. Like, we get more of, like, Catra, we get more of Bo and Glimmer and everything else. And even, like, Scorpio we get more of. And so I think that, like, it's okay that they, they were sacrificed in the first episode as we go into the second episode. Gotcha. Yeah. Speaking of that meeting with Shadow Weaver, this is gonna be the first uh, this is like kind of this introduction to this, to these kind of meetings that Ketra and Shadow Weaver have. And this is the first one 
What do you think of the show using this kind of technique to showcase the progression of Catra's storyline and like where she is mentally throughout the season? And, you know, what do you think of this very messed up relationship with Shadow Weaver that we saw established in the first season, but it's very much continuing to this one? Because we basically Catra went in to blow up at Shadow Weaver so she can get herself pumped up to continue, (laughs) which is not healthy. Not healthy in the no. slightest. So it's what do you not just think? that, though. Yeah. It's like Shadow Weaver points it out. She's like, why are you here? You're, you're a force captain. Don't you have better things to do? And she's like, oh, it's about Adora. Like, she gets it. Like, Katra has very limited people she can actually, she, that she actually knows who in her own weird way, like, trusts. And for better or worse, Shadow Weaver's, like, literally the only other person right now. <laughs> I mean, Scorpio would love to be that person, but she's just not there yet with Katra. So I think, like, she she visits her because she she still has a relationship with her. She visits her because Shadow Weaver also knew Katra and Adora and knew what their relationship was like. And she also is, like, kind of still feeling out. Like, she, she feels good about Hordak right now, but also, like, there's a lot she doesn't quite understand. Shadow Weaver's the only person else who's, like, had that job. That she knows of. So I feel like it's multiple things going on, but like she she's gonna just pretend like, oh yeah, like I'm here to puff myself up and like to make sure that you're miserable. I don't really think it's about that at all. It's 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 way more about just like her own stuff and like thinking about Adora. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. super interesting. Like I'm not a fan of like it for Catra's mental health, but as a, right. a reoccurring device, I think it's like one of the yeah. best things they could have done for Catra. Totally, yeah. totally. The other thing, too, is that I guess it's sort of nice. And again, as much as I hate to say, I love seeing characters suffer. It's sort of like nice to see, especially like as we continue on to like the rest of the season or at least through um, this first half of it, is that we get to kind of watch Catra deal with her relationship with Shadow Weaver um, and mm-hmm. sort of like... I guess address it because we got that in the first season with Adora and how Adora was Adora was just kind of like what like this is dumb like why you know like why do I care what you think like I don't need you and all of this stuff and so it's nice that we're gonna see Catcher kind of like work through those own like the messed up through her own messed up relationship with Shadow Weaver too because ne- neither one of those relationships was healthy and so it's nice that like Adora got to work through it and so it's even better that we get to see Catra do it too yeah. uh, though I agree that it's extremely frustrating because like you're definitely not in a good place Catra and I, I, I like <laughs> yeah. yeah I just love that that's that. a good point though April yeah like Adora got hers and now it's Catra's turn but also like Adora had a very different relationship with Shadow Weaver, right? Like, she was always praised. She was always treated special. So her letting go of Shadow Weaver is a lot easier. At Catra, like, it makes sense that she would still want her around and still talk to her and go out of her way to visit her. Because she, her relationship is so much sadder and, and so much more fraught with, like, her own sense of identity. And Shadow Weaver is very much wrapped up in that, so... Yeah, oh, she's still yeah. seeking her approval. Totally. She's still, she, whereas Adora already got her. it. That's why yeah. she's giving her updates, right? Like, Hordak thinks I'm doing great. His yeah. words, not mine. It's like, <laughs> are you, like, under that, it's basically her saying, like, are you proud of me, mom? Yeah. Like, yeah. did I yeah. finally do exactly good enough like, for you? But it's also, um, like, really, like, uh, like, I just don't think that it's very good mentally to, like, continue to, like, seek that from someone who's 
obviously not going to give it to you. Like, totally, uh, totally. Like, it's but because, like, like, she immediately walks into the cell and she's just like, oh, like, are you joining me in this cell? Like, because you're such a failure. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. again. Uh, again, Katra doesn't realize at this point. She, I don't yeah. think Katra has the ability right now to realize yeah, that this is unhealthy. She really She's very it. deep no, into it. But, um, but uh, Alex, you were going to say something? Uh, well, I, I think you guys have touched on like the deeper thing parts of this. But I'll just say like on a superficial level, it also just feels like this is the first time that Katra finally has uh, is higher on the power structure than Shadow yeah. Weaver. And she wants to take mm-hmm. advantage of that. And like finally, after like years of, of like keeping down her true feelings towards Shadow Weaver, like she finally has the upper hand and is able to like just show up and be like, you'll be here rotting. You, you suck. Like, but, but now she finally has the ability to do that without retribution. And she's like taking it. She feels like she needs to take advantage of this while she has that power. And so obviously there's like deeper stuff there that you guys have already touched on. But I think like on the superficial level, like that's what she's saying. Like I need to like push this in her face now that I finally have this. Yeah, totally. I just, and I also find it really interesting how throughout the entire season, Katra's always like, oh, you guys are so easily manipulated. You guys are so easily manipulated. And <laughs> she's the one right? who is so easily manipulated Shadow by Shadow Weaver. Achilles heel. Right? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we finished that episode and we're going to the next one is with Bo finding out because they were able to get the whole point was to the of Bo's plan was to be able to capture one of the te- one of the bots so he could study it. Mm-hmm. And they finally did. They worked together. They all glowed. The, the forest is healing itself. It's all great. Power friendship. Woo. And he lo- he finally gets it and uh, he opens it up and finds out that they're using first one's tech and that's what makes him theorize and trapped as alive can, and can, also, can, yeah. well, can i just say like that that at the end of that episode is great because like it's them like curing frost's hand or whatever it's like no princess left behind and like yeah. you're like all smiles oh, and, then and, Bo, then, and then we cut to Bo, be like wait a minute and trapped is alive we and left then, her behind yeah and then the delivery like the sadness that like washes over and like and we left her behind like yeah. Uh, but Bo, Bo's voice actor does great work in that like final scene, and just like the the hard cut from like the happiness of the princesses to Bo figuring out the sad truth, it's like it, it's a great way to end that episode. Yeah. He, I think Bo and especially his voice actor are great for those like one line things that just set the mood of sadness. Because oh, sure. we see that in the second episode also when he goes like "That was you" when Entrapped like, reveals that yes, he was the yeah. one messing mm-hmm. with it. So he's mm-hmm. really like he's he nails it when it comes to those like very short lines that tell you exactly what the mood is of the show. Um, but I also love that he said that he's like using a recorder because he said the best scientist he ever knew used it, which was in yeah. uh-huh. And I was like, that yeah. was so sweet of Bo. Like, I love, again, I love this kind of parallel that Bo recognizes how much of a genius Entrapta is. But then you have Hordak not like very like <laughs> frustrated, not trying to admit it. I am not letting this Hordak Entrapta thing go. I will not. Um, oh, good. Good for you, Beatrice. It, be- <laughs> it, begins- <laughs> it begins here doesn't it yeah, like, it does, is- it does. It does with the bots it, it does with the bots where he's impressed that she's got these bots there that can take on the princesses and it's like there it is um but let's move on to episode two which is ties that bind um this episode split up into basically two storylines we have the a plot which is that glimmer and bow in they're in on the way to try and save entrapta and also trying to confirm whether she's alive or not they do confirm that but then 
in there, the, things go wrong because Glimmer is, again, emotional, like, very emotional and, like, decides to punch them when she thinks that they're hurting and trapped up. Um, they end up taking Katra with them when they try to escape, and then they take her hostage. And then you have the B-plot, which is Adora and Swiftwind oh. go into this. <laughs> they, Light Hope gives them a mission to try and rebuild a watchtower that can help her f- fix herself and work better. Um, so let's focus on this A plot, which is the most interesting of the two, in my opinion. Um, I think there's a lot here that that I wanted coming into season two. The most important thing that I wanted, which is Glimmer and Ketra together interacting yes. with no Adora in yes. the picture. And it's so, not only is it really fun because Ketra as, an, as a hostage, of course, is so annoying. She bites. She, uh, we get a confirmation. She likes to she bite. Licks. Oh, she's like she a cat? Licks. Got it. <laughs> she, the, like, a, like a cat, she's the ultimate troll. She's the ultimate <laughs> troll. She licks. She bites. She also, um, she has great hearing because she learns about Glimmer's magic and learns that it's limited. So she does all the trouble she can to get, to force Glimmer to use all her magic up. Um... And yeah, so it's just this really interesting. It's it's a lot of shenanigans. It's a lot of fun and fun stuff ensues while she's trying to really annoy Bo and Glimmer to the best of her abilities, which is she's really good at. And then we get this one moment because for the for the entirety of it, she's very much in control. She's never once nervous around Bo and Glimmer. She doesn't. She absolutely underestimates them. And then Glimmer says this. She oh. says, Adora didn't run away from the horde. She ran away from you. And that is the one she moment that Ketra, like, she loses control. She, like, she suddenly, all all the, the cool she loses. And that's when we start getting this very interesting kind of interaction. She goes, like, you think she's not going to leave you behind too, Sparkles? She then goes, like, you and Adora are perfect for each other. Because, again, easily manipulated, all that stuff. And it's like, I, one, it's like Glimmerdora, but also Catradora. It's like this great kind of, this great kind of, kind of, um, exploration of these two relationships and these parallels of these two relationships, but without the very person they're talking about, without Adora, the key figure. Cause whenever Adora's around, she kind of takes over when it comes to the, with both characters. So what did you think of finally seeing these two interact? And is it all you hoped for? Did you wish there was more to that? Did you hope? Tell me, just give me your thoughts, Alex. Uh, it was great. I mean, like, this is exactly what Glimmer has been built up to be so far. Like, person who, like, gets annoyed really easily. And, like, it, the the way they animated her throughout this episode, like, all the faces just, like, try to, like, hold it together. And just she can't do it. But, like, then it builds up to that 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 scene you mentioned where she just, like, blows up. And it, and she, like, pushes in her face, like, the toxic environment that uh, Adora was running from. And Katra does not want to take responsibility for that. It's, like, it pu- pushing it towards, like, oh, well, Adora's going to abandon you too soon. But, like, not really wanting to to t- take her, her, not wanting to take into account, like, what her behavior, like, did to Adora throughout her uh, her life. So, like, all, all, all of, all of Glimmer, Glimmer and Katra is great. Like, all the funny moments, all the emotional moments like down to like that end part which is a little cliche of like well you're a good guy so you're not gonna hurt me i know it and like bo convincing glimmer not to do it so like but but like that still feels very very strong like you know showing the contrast and just how the different sides work so i i i loved all of catra glimmer interaction here 
Gotcha, gotcha. What about you, April? I I loved it as well. Like, um, just the way that their personalities play off. And then I think it's just really, like, interesting and unique because, like, Catra's clearly, like, playing, like, them the entire time. But then, like, it the other, like, the other side of it, too, is that glim, like, Catra's been, like, I guess sort of like mentally like manipulating them. And then like right at the end, like Glimmer just like throws it right back at her with the whole, like, like she didn't run away from the horse. She ran away from you. Like I was like, like I had to stop and have a moment like, Ooh, girl, like that was (laughs) rough. Like, well, exactly too. Like, that's the thing. Like, I like that you get to, you get to see like, it's going to sound really bad, but like, there's like a, like a spark to glimmer. Cause like, she's like super, <laughs> uh, but also, but like, but for real, like she's very like an optimistic character, you know, very like bright and sparkly. Huh? Um, but like for her to just be like, like to know exactly what to say to get to catch her. Like she held, she's been holding back. And I love that. Like, I want her to like snap more because it's great. And if she needs to just hang around Catra all the time for that to happen, like, okay, let's do this. But I did like, I really enjoyed it. Just like so much fun and like very engaging for like me as an audience member. Gotcha. Gotcha. Michelle, what about you? One thing I actually really appreciated about Glimmer this episode was she, she more than Bo was very willing to kind of stoop to Catra's level. Yeah. And yeah. and she shows that in a number of ways that increasingly alarm Bo to the point where like when she goes back to like punch him after hearing about Entrapta, I, I was honestly curious, like Glimmer, are you going to like cross the line and do something really morally gray that, and she did it. <laughs> probably like good at this point but the fact that she's more likely to do that i think super interesting and i wonder if that's a thing that might be picked up later like if glimmer was put in a pretty desperate situation where she could choose to do a thing that's objectively bad but feels really good to her in the moment would she do it like i wonder right oh. what would happen if Bo wasn't there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what if Bo's yeah. the one in trouble yeah right Right. Yeah, because, like, do you think, like, I don't know, would Adora hold her back the way Bo would? You know? Yeah, I don't know. If, if Adora was, if, if Bo was the one missing and not Adora, and it's just the two of them, what would, how would that play? Yeah, Bo's becoming very much the moral compass of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we also get uh, something really exciting. Some, kind of, we see uh, Adora present, but we don't see her. Something that happens this episode that's really interesting. This I feel like this is really the start of how we start seeing the Scorpia and her feelings for Catra really start yeah. to showcase. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of see the hints of it in season one. We sort of see it in the first episode, but this is the one where we really start this kind of arc with Scorpia and this kind of this kind of trajectory that we start to take with her because she finds out that Catra's missing and she freaks out and yeah. she calls oh. her like a beautiful genius. And yes. it's like, ah. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like if she didn't care, she would have just said genius. But no, she was like, no, she's a beautiful genius. That hints at attraction, everybody. <laughs> pointing it out. Yeah, you're right. Um, she's not just like scared of her being gone. She's like beside herself yeah. with worry. Mm-hmm. And that's like yeah. a very big difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is. And then we get this kind of hostage situation between Scorpia and Bo, Bo and Glimmer. Um, and it, it is, it is really interesting how we do get this very 
clear kind of throughout the episode we get this kind of theme of like what is morally right what's morally wrong who are the good guys who are the bad guys there's a very Mm -hmm. clear line and i think it's this was very much this was really well done because that's when we see we learn about entrap the crossing sides it becomes that much more devastating because throughout the entire episode we're saying we're the good guys they're the bad guys we're the good guys this is how we're supposed to be good guys would never do this and here you have someone who used to be a good guy so flippantly switch sides and like the the hurt that both Bo and Glimmer get, I mean, A plus on the animation there because it's mm-hmm. so subtle. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes like you won't see, they, they won't have the care to do, to actually make that kind of very subtlety, that subtle animation. They won't care for that, but they do put in the effort and you really get, it really hits you. Yeah, spe- specifically like while Entrapta is talking, like Glimmer yeah. like can't bear to watch and she just like yeah. turns to the side yeah. and then we have we have a shot of like her looking at the ground, like her face darkened. So like all, all that like hits really hard. And especially because at the beginning of the episode, like it's talking about how like we we left her there and like that's why she's, she's kidnapped because we didn't go back for her. So like now it's hitting her they're like wait so she switched sides because we didn't go back to her and so now she feels like that that extra guilt is being added on i kind of wish we we dug into that a little more in in subsequent episodes but like even Mm. in that moment you you get that sense like that's what's dawning over glimmer like it's like she feels like it's their fault that uh, trapped to switch sides that they lost her to the horde well i think yeah i think it's even more interesting too that like like, I mean, I totally understand where, like, where Bo and Glimmer are coming from, too. But Entrapta even says, like, oh, I have way more, like, access exactly. to, like, yeah. so it's not even, like, that she switched sides. She's just like, oh, I'm going to stay here because I simply have access to more things that I want and need. And so it's not, like, I think that that probably would hurt the worst, like, if that, if even that's the realization is that it's not because they left her because she doesn't seem to be really phased by that. It's the fact that she's like just choosing to stay like, and that she's not being held captive. She's like, yeah, but like I've, I've made so many advances in my work. And like, I think that's probably even harder for them to hear too, is because like, it's not that she's like, Oh, well I think princesses are bad now, even though I am one, but she's just like, I'm just staying here because I I've chosen that. Like, I mean, they're letting yeah. me just essentially like they're just letting her like explore her like scientific like nature. And so and and not that like, I guess like the, you know, like Glimmer and Bone, you know, all of no, the other princesses. April, it is that, though, because they they were since they met her, they're like, well, you can't like you can't mess around with first one's tech. Like, that's too dangerous. That's like true. the fact that the Horde that. is willing to let her with no restraints explore mm-hmm. any avenue of science that she wants is what made her say. Yeah. And that's something that the rebels could never offer her. And I think yep. Glimmer knows that. And that's what, yeah, like you're saying, or the actor, it's not even just, that, like, they never offered her. I was going to say, it's it's not even that they never offered her. They just straight out denied her. They, they were like, no, wouldn't. you can't. Yeah, they wouldn't let her. That makes even more like oh they should feel really bad it's their fault. <laughs> and, and, and like and, and Trapta like says like the horde has been so supportive and like that yeah, that, that that like exactly. got it. <laughs> 
Okay, okay, well, question. Okay, because here's something that was very interesting that I caught was when she said, oh, like, I was the, when she said, oh, when I breached, I don't know the name, what was the name of the of the stone? The, the, black, the black Garnet. The Black Garnet. She was like, oh, when I did experiments on the Black Garnet. And then Bo says, that was you. But that moment was when Ketra shuts off the transmission. So then the question comes, does Entrapta realize the harm of her experiment of her no. experiments no, like, absolutely I, like, not. Very chaotic like is she like is that gonna be the arc for her is she, that's gonna be like throughout not i'm not just talking about in the ne- next batch i'm talking about throughout the entire season is she gonna become kind of like with like the like you know like the manhattan experiment thing where it's like oh you create the 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 atom bomb but now you're like oh goodness like what did i just do so it's kind of like well with her it's she's she's kind of very closed off does she not realize because you know we see it in 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 later in in the season we see her have like moral di- moral dilemma of like uh, she's talking to herself of <laughs> do I go into Hordak's lab or not moral dilemma she has morals <laughs> does she listen to him no because she still ends up going to the lab but she does ha- she does have these conversations with herself so my question is does she even realize like yeah they're supporting her but does she have an idea of what they're being used like I. I don't know. I think not like yes and no. And I think that the reason why, like, I feel like it's a yes and no, because like, it's yes, because we have evidence of her like watching, like, for instance, her bots fighting the other princesses. But I also think it's like a no, because the like, when they brought up the whole black garnet thing, I don't think she realized what she was doing, like caused that much devastation. And I think that's because the horde chose not to tell her about that. Because they saw no reason to, because it benefited them. And so I think that's going to be like, it would be interesting to see her come to more and more realizations as to like what she's doing and how it's impacting um, versus like, and I think that hopefully it would be nice to see her like, I guess be like, Oh, what I'm doing is not okay. Like I'm enjoying it, but it's also not okay kind of thing. Um, But like, it's going to have to cut, like come from her like seeing more of like the effects of whatever it is that she's creating yeah yeah i see that do you guys think that that the reveal and like them realizing that she switched sides was revealed too soon it was only episode two like i remember when i was started watching the show i noticed like i read the title names and i saw that the title name of episode seven was reunion so i for a second thought Oh, that's when Entrapta's gonna come unite with them again. That's when they're not unite necessarily like switch back, but yeah. I mean that they're gonna see her again is at that moment. So I'm just curious, do you think it was too soon? Do you want did you want this kind of drama to be extended a little bit more and have have that realization that of that betrayal be felt not just with Bo because again we didn't see Adora react to it we just had Bo and Glimmer being like we have a lot to catch you up on and we didn't see how Mermista Perfuma all the original crew that went and lost her um we didn't see how they reacted we don't see how they react to this betrayal so what do you do did you wish did you like that it was so early on and they kind of fixed it got got it over with or did you want to see it kind of expanded upon a bit more 
I'm was... happy where it happened because, like, the actual Entrapta being taken uh, to the Horde happened, like, midway through Season 1. So I feel like we, we've already had enough of Entrapta being separated from the crew that, like, it felt like a good time beginning of Season 2 to, like, uh, like introduce Entrapta again into the Rebellion's mindset, like, re- remind you, like, hey, Entrapta's alive, by the way. Like, we, we as the audience knew that, but, like, now we're allowing you to know that so um yeah i i I think that's fine and i do think that the season touches a little bit on entrapped on entrapta with in the rest of the season like with adora talking about like losing people in their previous battles in 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 episode four or whatever so I, i do think that it gets touched upon at least even if we don't see their immediate reactions to the news so i think that's fine Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I think it was appropriately like placed as well, specifically because we already had, I guess, the drama of it. And just like Alex said, you know, like we've already been kind of doing this for half of a season. And so, like, I guess us kind of coming to this conclusion um, and sort of getting it out of the way, like. It, it doesn't like hurt it in any way for me. And I think that if they probably would have carried it on for a lot longer, then I probably would have gotten frustrated. So for that, I'm thankful. All right. So speaking about we finish with that, we get this B plot with the with the episode that this is like the final thing to talk about, which is Light Hope gives gives Adora and Swiftwind a mission to repair a watch tire a tower that Mara destroyed. Um, Adora finally opens up to Swiftwind about Mara and the pressure of not making those same mistakes. And after not being able to work together, they're able to work together to like fix the watchtower and their sacred bond is forged. So, and also Swiftwind apologizes for not taking the mission seriously. Um, I don't think that's what he needs to apologize for, personally. <laughs> wow. But I think he needs to just apologize for, because I don't know, I'm just thinking, like, I thought it was really sweet when he says, like, no, you gave me a voice. I would never want to go back from that. I thought, okay, that's, like, really sweet, and that's, like, really powerful for Adora to have given him a voice, and then him now making, like, I don't know, I just, I sometimes when the social justice warrior becomes, like, the butt of the joke, Sometimes that rubs me the wrong way sometimes. And I feel like that's what Swift Wind is becoming. You know, he's all about horses. But, um, yeah, so it's it's kind of, I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I being too harsh on Swift Wind? Well, I'll say that uh, your, your take of the social justice war, that was more of an issue at the end of season one. Because they did a lot of jokes about, like, for liberation of the of, of the proletariat sort of this kind of jokes. <laughs> but, like, in this episode, I think, uh, forgive me if, I'm, if uh, this is, like, the wrong comparison. But, like, is this not, like, a very similar dynamic to Glimmer and Frosta in the first episode? Like over over the top oh, eager yeah. person trying to help mm. a more mature person who's like very focused on their thing. Like it's the same dynamic. It's just this time it's a horse and an Adora instead of two princesses. So like to me, like I I, I get the annoyance because like my initial thought is oh, oh this is getting very close to Shrek donkey like, dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I, I get that that can be annoying, but, like, at the same time, I don't think it's that much worse than, like, the dynamic you had in just the episode right before it. 
But I mean, doesn't it get tiresome though? We just got it. Sure. Like, we just sure. had like the same, and it's the same resolution. It's the same thing. Right. I just you don't know, think so it's, it's it's as bad. I don't think it's like significantly worse. Like it's kind of on the same level. I it's mean, just it's like kind of worse because you have it's a horse instead of a child. Wow. So horses. Kind of like, wow. <laughs> just like anti horses. <laughs> I'm just saying he and, and also he's been at he's been her horse for longer. He's been Swift Wind for a lot longer. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, granted, Frost has been a queen for long, too. So I don't know. I just think I'm just trying to figure out a way for Swift Wind to not be as annoying as he is. I think that I think the other thing with like Swift Wind is that there's not as much of him in the show. And like yeah. and so and I think. Maybe like some of I like some of my frustrations with it come from like the same place with like the whole glimmer and frosted situation is because we it like we spend this time on this like situation and then we don't really like circle back to it or check in on it or anything like that because the whole point of them going on this mission and everything is that so they're supposed to have a better bond but really at the end of it they don't really bond all that much more like all that really happens is that. Adora like op- like we get more of Adora's like feeling the pressures and like not not wanting to make mistakes and all of this stuff and then like we get like Swift when like saying like oh I'm just sorry I didn't take the mission seriously and then that's kind of like it like and we know we don't go back to like how is Adora and Swift wins relationship and even though like Swift obviously I mean he's not my most favorite character but like the fact that we just don't sort of like even like we spend time on something and then we don't check back in on it is just really like annoying. I because if I don't know, I hate spending time on things. It's like wasted time almost. <laughs> right. And right, I hate right. like I hate wasting time, especially like when again like we only got half of this season. So if maybe like later on in the season, like we revisit it, then that's great and that's totally fine. But as it stands right now, like why did we include it? Light, light hope at the beginning of this episode says, "As Shira, your sacred connection with your steed is important." Since when has that been a thing? Since yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Michelle, do you do you not think that Shira should have had a dragon instead of a horse? Dragon yes. would have been way cooler. It would have. It, yes, yes, it would have. Um, well, what, well, give me, give me your thoughts of, of Swiftwind. Where, where do you fall in this kind of opinion? I mean, I guess like his, his being really annoying and overeager is we get an explanation at the end where he's like, oh, it's just like super excited to be this important role for you. And I'm excited for all the cool stuff we're going to do together. But if we see more of him just like being kind of obnoxious, I guess the thing that bugs me is like he seems like an adult horse and he doesn't have a lot to be insecure about so why is he so worried about stuff all the time and trying to deal with that by being like extra a lot Mm -hmm. like i'd rather he be like a wise thoughtful helpful force for adora versus like someone that they have to like make feel and I don't think like they've really followed up on that so much, like him feeling inadequate or whatever. Because he's he's like there in meetings now. He flies around. He he says little one liners, but that's like kind of it. <laughs> loop, I'm not. Loop. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. We like unless he's like gonna actually be super helpful. I don't see why we need more of him, except to have like a different kind of voice in the trio. Which like again, I don't know if we need that either. But that's like what he is. So that's why I'm not crazy about him. But yeah. if if they're gonna decide to do something else with him, that's better than like that's fine. Like I hope they do. But 
like April saying, like, we don't get any resolution. I kind of like as much as like resolution sounds nice, but I don't really want to see more of him. So like, <laughs> hey, if they don't bring him back anytime soon, I'm going to be so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Well, in defense of Swift Wind, there is something nice about having someone who is lighthearted and very warm versus because I feel like sometimes someone who's like the sage, the wise one, if that's if that if he were a wise steed, then I feel like he might be a little cold. And I feel like Adora, what Adora needs isn't someone who's wise, but someone who is all about fun so that she can relax sometimes. So I feel like maybe like even though he is, I feel like if, he, if they just dial him back, just same with yeah. Prosa, just dial him back a little bit then maybe it would be a little bit more you know i could get through it better i mean i did wish i did wish that when 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 he went is it me when when adora was like yes i I wanted her to say yes so he'd be like oh okay i'll get better you know i I know that would have been mean and that's not adora's thing but like catra would have said yes she would have been like yes it's you Mm um (laughs) so um yeah so i think I understand why he needs to be the way he is in terms of just for the sake of Adora. I need. I, I understand why there is a need for someone for her. Just like Glimmer need. Like, I don't. Well, I don't necessarily think Glimmer needs someone who is super happy go lucky like Frosta, but I yeah, feel like Adora got does. Oh, she's already got Bo. He's her yeah, happy. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, not just. Like, that's true. She does have Bo. Yeah, you're right. Well, she I was gonna say, and the rest of the characters like in the show are a good enough mixture of, like, serious and, like, I guess, happy-go-lucky. So it seems, like, super out of place to just have, like, one character who is just extremely happy-go-lucky. So, and I think that's the other thing, too, is that, like, even, like, I mean, like, Bo can be very serious, but he's also, like, very, like, fun, and he has a lot of really good one-liners. And even Glimmer is, like, she's serious, but she's also a lot of fun, like, like, all of them are kind of that way. And so it just it just seems like, okay, if we have like all of these really good characters already, like why do why did you feel the need to have like this extremely happy go lucky person? Like I feel like if he had been like another good mixture of like you know, like seri- like w- like the wise but also like kind of funny, like that would have been extreme like extremely different. yeah, extremely different. And I think that would have been better placed Versus just, like, completely, like, one-sided in terms of personality. Yeah. I have have a brain thought. I feel like (laughs) Swiftwind exudes the same energy as Hawk Moth. But unlike (laughs) Hawk Moth, Hawk (laughs) Moth is constantly kind of put in his place when he, like, is alive in a way that humanizes him and actually makes, like, all of his, like, extraness work in his favor. Swiftwind doesn't get any of that, so he's just extra all the time, and nobody's checking him down, and that's, like, what's more aggravating about his character. Swift. I, I mean, I, I don't know who to put him down. I don't know who Hawk Moth is. I was like, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Is that what you're talking about Hawkeye? This season, but um, but yeah, but I do agree, April. What you said, I you're right because the wise one that we have is is the queen. She's really the wise one of the group, and she's not there. She's yeah. not there a lot. We, I think, she was only in that in the first episode. Like, we didn't see anything of her. That was it. And so, like, you're really missing that sort of, like, wise element, which is also something that I feel that 
Adora needs right now. Yeah. More than anything. Like, she doesn't necessarily need, like, it's nice that she has, like, all of these great and, like, happy friends who are, like, positive. Yeah, but she also, she needs guidance. And I don't, I don't think that she's getting that from Light Hope. And I feel like the best place she could have gotten that from might have been Swiftwin, which would have made the relationship that much more meaningful. But because, like, this is what we decided to do with Swiftwin, like, he's almost useless to me. Like, it's nice that she can ride around on him in battle. But if that's all we're going to do with him, like, don't spend time on, like, his his character like just make it bond Uh, (laughs) i will say okay well i agree not like you've fully convinced me that that he he should have been like a wise one type character you fully convinced me um but speaking of the sacred bond she opens up to him about mara but then she opens up to everybody else like in episode four in the dnd part i mean it isn't that the same like even though she opened up to him, she didn't really, like, grow. Like, she's still struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, okay, it has to be one and done. And it's slightly different anxiety. This is her freaking out about Mara. And in the other one, she's freaking out about losing her friends. Mm-hmm. So it is slightly different anxiety. But I just, usually when you open up to someone, you do feel slightly better. <laughs> yeah. Well. Or even, like, if you open up to someone, generally, like, they're going to offer, again, going back to, like, he should have been, like, a slightly wise one character, is generally they're going to offer some type of advice, if not to not to completely fix it, but to, like, put things into better perspective for you. And, like, she didn't even get, like, that type of resolution out of opening up to him. Just, like... You know, just him apologizing for not being serious. And it's like, okay. And I don't think that's what she necessarily needed in that moment either. I think she's trying. It feels like she's trying to find someone to like, I don't know. Like she's trying to find someone to help support her in her struggles. I'll just say like Swiftwind tries at least in this moment. Because (laughs) like when when Adora admits that like she's like... Yeah, because Adora is like admitting like she she wants to learn how to control her powers to not hurt people and she ruined everything and then like she move she tries to shift the conversation to Swiftwind being like I'm sorry I made you alive. But Swiftwind is like no, like uh, I I like the the ability to be able to help people. Like that's the thing that I don't want to go back from. And that's like I think that's that's meant in that conversation to uh, affect Adora. Like Adora has these powers at the end of the day to help people. And that's also something Swiftwind focused on in the end of last season when like Adora was getting all this propaganda from Light Hope of like, no, you must cut off your connections. Swiftwind is the one who shows up to be like, that's stupid. Like you have powers, help your friends. Like that's a totally noble thing to do and something you should do if you have that ability. And so Swiftwind here is like doing the same. It's admittedly the same thing, but like it's still an important thing to remind Adora at when she's in that vulnerable moment of like I don't want to hurt people but Swiftwind is reminding is there to remind her like even though you have that fear but like don't forget all, all the benefits that you can you can do because of you having this power and remember make that your goal like the the positives of your actions and not the potential negatives 
That's, See, I forgot yeah. that he was the one who helped her. I forgot that he had been the one who helped her in season one. <laughs> well, that's true. And I'll just say, yeah. just jumping off of that, like, I feel like his thing at the end is he he's saying, like, I'm so excited to be your steed because he, he's kind of pointing out, like, look, like, we're both new with these new roles we've now been right. assigned. And it's kind of scary new territory for both of us. But we can lean on each other to figure that out because we already have this connection. So like I, I he I would have been cool if he could have been wiser and like give in her more advice, but he's he's kind of like yeah like I don't really know either like this is all new to me too. <laughs> I, I I could see that being his way of like kind of trying to put her at ease. Like look like at least like I'm also going through the same new thing as you are in my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's also nice to have someone do going through it. I feel like maybe okay maybe if they didn't play because in the beginning it kind of seemed like she was annoyed by him so i feel like (laughs) well she is because like that that's the whole point of like their their relationship up to that point is like just showing the contrast of like adora being super focused and like really like clenching up in terms of like i need to fix this i need to fix this and uh, and swiftly this all the way under the side it's like well let's take this smoothly let's not like get too stressed about it and they're just like on opposite sides of like how to deal with this situation he's not saying let's take this smoothly he's saying let's do loop-de-loops right that's that's, that's what you're doing (laughs) i'm just saying I'm just saying, if he was being, like, you know, there's just, I feel like we're painting, like, these very exaggerated versions of Swift when one who's, like, being really chill and one who's being very obnoxious. And I'm like, it's in the middle. He's in the middle. And, and, and I understand why he needs to be the way he is. Um, I just wish, I, I don't know. I don't need, I, through this entire conversation, I have lost any sense of who Swiftwind is? <laughs> is Does anyone Swift really Wind. know who Swiftwind is? Does anyone Swiftwind know who is, is a is horse? He? Oh, you know, there you go. There you go. I thought we were just talking about a weather front moving through. <laughs> now I'm even yes. more confused. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was that was the plot. Any anything to add about this B plot that you want to talk about? Anything to add? No, I no, think we're good. Uh, okay, we've talked enough about the usages of the word watchtower. Um, oh yes, yes, uh, the watchtower. Which also, by the way, like, why did no, is that was that just a place that no one knew about, or was that just, yeah, with just floating debris in the what? air, like. <laughs> I feel like, but no one found it through, like, you know, Bo's, like, transmission of, like, trying to find first one tech or entrapped or trying to find things. I just think that watchtower was is now a place. Uh, it's now going to be noticeable. Like, now people are going to know about it, I feel. Yeah. Especially now that it is, like, <laughs> up and running. It's going to – it's a source of energy. So people are going to – be aware of it. So I don't know if this is the last time we're going to see this watchtower. Oh, oh, oh. Well, Swiftwind is important because he gives us the crew as ponies, right? Like, we oh, all like yeah. Shadow Weaver pony. Oh, that's Everyone right. Everyone pony. I, I really that's like Shadow right. Weaver pony. I, I think she's... The hair is so funny <laughs> on Shadow Weaver pony. All right. Well, that last question before we finish off, where do you rank these episodes in comparison to the rest of the season? Like for you, for me, for me, for instance, I'll I'll go first. For me, they're, I want to say they're the bottom two. I've enjoyed the other ones better. And that's not to say they're bad episodes. Just in comparison to the other episodes, they're kind of in the bottom. But if I had to compare them to the entirety of Shira, they'd be kind of more in the middle. Yeah. What about you guys? I would put them more in like the the middle slash lower, I guess section of my ranking at least for like 
for this season because there's there's definitely episodes like coming up that are way more interesting um and like but like in the, the again like i agree with you they're not bad episodes it's just that like there's better episodes in the season <laughs> <Yeah>. so like <laughs> gotcha gotcha what about what about you michelle I would put the first one towards the bottom and I'd put the second one at least like in the middle, if not like inching towards the top, maybe, but definitely not like the top, top, like the gotcha. 75%, whatever that is. Gotcha. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> what about you, Alex? I think after talking this through, I think episode one is like third to last. There are like two episodes I like less than that one. And then episode two, I think it's third best. Like I, I, I okay. still think that it's doing a lot of emotional things on like both the Catra Glimmer side, but also the Adora Swiftwin side. So like I think that it's it's balanced enough that I think it's like one of the better episodes of this season. Okay, awesome. I like this this variety of like opinions. This is all great. Um, all right, well, that does it for us. You can find out all the – wait, did, April, did you go? Yes, you yes. were, right? Yes. <laughs> for a second, I was like, did Let I me go someone? again. <laughs> did you change your right. mind after hearing it's us? changed my mind. <laughs> Actually, I've decided they're the best episodes ever. All yeah, time. yeah. I see, I see, I see. We've learned that Swiftwind is the greatest character of all time. Yeah. Of course, yes. Um, yes. Team Swiftwind all of the way. Can't get enough team- of those weather fronts. <laughs> Team 50. I don't know. All right. So find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lily, aka Panda Lily. And thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.